again. It's been a long week. It's Ann and Emily Russell Podcast. My name is Annalise. This is episode eight. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, the co-holder of the only eight-star match in history. Dave just won't admit it yet. It's Emily the Raven. It is I. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're going to do some fun stuff tonight, and uh, we are working without a net. Someone didn't write show notes. Someone pulled up all the mats next to the ring, and we are going to be wrestling on the cement. It's Gargano Ciampa all over again. (laughs) So, yeah, uh... I was too tired to really write show notes, and I was going to try and write some show notes uh, a little bit here and there, and it just did not happen because I've been taking what little time I have to myself to relax because 90 hours each of the last two weeks, it's been really horrible, and it's still going to be almost 80 hours next week. So, Ouch. Yep. It'll go back down to normal at the end of October, and then it's only, you know, like eight weeks until vacation. So I'll be fine. I'll make it. Um, How are you doing, Emily? You know, I'm doing pretty well, working a lot as well. So, you know, um, working in the academic world, this is a very busy time, but I am also looking forward to a winter break and just trying to have a good time because you know i enjoy what i do and i enjoy all my hobbies like watching wrestling watching wrestling playing final fantasy 14 yes uh, sneaking into your husband's office to play the playstation 5 (laughs) let's be honest Uh, no comment All right, and we're going to try and get three shows done this week on our network, so we're going to just be putting out content uh, for people who enjoy very different nerddoms. But we're going to start today with some news, and we don't have a news bumper. I'll Eventually I'll make one, but it's not happening anytime soon. Emily, you've got a couple of pieces of news that you wanted to talk about. Yes, so the news I want to talk about, of course, is going to be about AEW, because... That's my number one promotion and pretty much all I watch in terms of uh, the bigger name American wrestling companies. So the first piece of news is what came out of the AEW Dynamite show at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So uh, Tony Khan uh, shared on his Twitter that the... Arthur Ashe Stadium took out an ad in the Sports sports Business Journal and thanked AEW for a sold-out show in their stadium and talked about how it was the largest attended pro wrestling event in over a decade in New York City. That has to sting. (laughs) And I just have to say, like... It's a gorgeous ad. It's very interesting that they took this approach to putting a print ad out for this event. And I'm happy for for everyone involved because it's another example of how 
AEW works really well with, you know, established venues and companies. And, you know, they like to share the wealth and bring their good fortune to the people they collaborate with. So I just think it's really awesome. (laughs) Too. I also Uh, think it's really great for just professional wrestling in general because it just lights the fire of everyone else who runs a show in New York now. Yeah, absolutely. Do better, WWE. Absolutely. And I love it being at Arthur Ashe Stadium, too, because just personally, you know, I come from a family where we were really, really big into tennis and and watched it constantly when I was my, my grandma and uh, my brothers and myself. So I don't know, just kind of a fun little piece of news that I thought was interesting. Yeah, and it it was it was fantastic. Did you have another piece of news to go along with that? That is my only major AEW news. Um, I do have a little segment about Tony Khan that mm-hmm. is, I guess, somewhat news related. If you wanted to segue into that, unless you had. Uh, some news that you would let like me to cover. do two of my news articles first yeah we'll come back to tony khan then we'll come back to the thing i said on twitter that we talked about last week and we never talked about it so we're going to come back to that um let's start with this is also aew news but it's actually wwe news and roman reigns uh gave an interview um and he was being asked about if AEW being competition gave him extra motivation in the ring. And Roman gave the heel answer, which is something I really like that he is keeping up his head of the table persona, even when he's in a shoot interview. No, I mean, not for me personally. This is one of those subjects that's very subjective. And there's a lot of passion and tribalism that really sways and creates an unbiased opinion. But I can only speak from my from my perspective. I'm one of those guys who will compete at anything. Like, I bet you I can eat that cookie faster. I want to be the best at anything that I choose to do. We pull we pull up on lawnmowers, we cut the yard and in in uh, we, we cut the yard in half, and I'm gonna beat you. My side will look better than yours. And so I don't I don't see the real competition with AEW because I think the fan base is fan base legitimately is a hardcore fan base. So there's a ceiling and a built-in ground to that viewership. Now, I want to stop here because what he is saying is that there's automatically going to be a basement number that AEW is going to hit at the minimum because of their hardcore fan base. Certain percentage of that fan base is always going to tune in no matter what because this is what they want to see. But what he's saying is there's a ceiling to how many people they can get. His, His argument is that because they're just trying to do a professional wrestling company and that WWE is trying to quote connect with the mainstream pull in the casual fan we're trying to engage the new viewer and I get what Roman is saying and here's where I want to say Roman Reigns is full of shit because as I have said on this podcast and as I have said multiple times All I had to do was show a couple of minutes of Orange Cassidy to my non-wrestling fan wife and to my non-wrestling fan co-host, Sofrashea, and they immediately got what was going on. So when Roman says, when Roman says, um, 
that AEW has a built-in ceiling because it appeals to hardcore fans, he's wrong. Hardcore fans, yes, are what has built AEW into its success. But the fact that it's really easy to connect with the stories and even the most outlandish of their characters, because what's more outlandish than the postmodern Orange Cassidy? Really, seriously, what's more outlandish? <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say a 65 billion year old wrestling dinosaur <laughs> this is true it is possible that, that luchasaurus is more outlandish than than <laughs> I, I think you added i think you added some zeros on there i think it's a 65 million year old dinosaur i think well he might there. be older i don't think he he's might... older than the known universe of, of 15 billion years old i thought i said million no i thought you said billion but the listeners will tell us so <laughs> okay well i meant to say million and but mm -hmm. if he needs to be older than that in order for like survivability from catastrophic event <laughs> it is entirely possible that the tail whip caused the big bang that we're all here because luchasaurus <laughs> kicked the primordial fireball off into existence that would be amazing all right that by the way that tail whip is one of my favorite ending kicks ever <laughs> um it is right up there with black mass and with uh with uh sweet chin music as far as just how much i pop for it every time i see it um so i think roman's wrong i think he's wrong about he's not wrong about the hardcore floor he's right about that he's right there's always going to be a certain percentage of wrestling fans who are going to want who are, who are hardcore pro wrestling fans who want to watch pro wrestling who don't want to watch WWE bullshit and they're always going to tune in for AEW but what he's wrong about is that pro wrestling connects as all art does with an audience when its stories are well told and i think that the 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 issue that he's missing here is that lots of lapsed and new fans have come over to AEW now, what I do like about this article is that he is like remaining as completely heelish, like sn like snotty, snobby, head of the table, cocky ass motherfucker as he possibly can be. And I appreciate that he's doing that. But Roman, Roman, half your locker room would go to AEW right now because they're being booked badly. Half your locker room. And we'll talk about how badly they're being booked in a moment. <laughs> My yeah. No, go ahead. No, and I, I, I just want to comment. It, it probably warrants further discussion in a future episode, but I just want to comment that he used a buzzword of tribalism that I have mm -hmm. seen come up in other um, people talking about AEW. And that's a projection because it's not tribalism to dislike a company who mistreats fans and wrestlers and not want to watch them and then watch every other company for every other wrestling promotion that is out there, including AEW, who works very well with many other promotions. And I think we all know who does not want to work with other promotions and wants to 
buy them up and destroy them. So I just I I, I would like to explore that further, but I just mm-hmm. really whenever I hear someone criticize wrestling fans for tribalism it just does not sit right with me because it's so inaccurate it sits fine with me when they're talking about wwe fans well that's not the context that i've seen it in it's been wwe fans criticizing people who will not watch wwe but will watch any other promotion i will at this point watch any other promotion and if there's a good wwe match i will seek it out um because good pro wrestling is good pro wrestling doesn't matter who puts it on uh the only exception is if it's going to happen in saudi arabia you can all go fuck yourselves all right good (laughs) (laughs) the second piece of news that i had then we'll get we'll get to your second uh uh, bit and then to the thing we were supposed to talk about last week didn't get to because i never put it in notes Murder Grandpa is going to every promotion. Yeah. So Impact Wrestling put out a tweet saying that Minoru Suzuki is coming soon. So awesome. Minoru Suzuki. And I, I kind of, I, I, there's not much else to say about this. I kind of wanted to bring it up uh, just to talk about um, the, the, uh, the awesomeness that might happen if Minoru Suzuki just decides to tour every single promotion in the United States. And then if he walks into the doors of Stanford, Connecticut and says, Hey, I would also like to show up here. And they say no, (laughs) because I think he does actually want to show up to every promotion in the United States. And I wonder if this isn't like what Jushin Thunder Liger did right before lockdown happened when he did his retirement tour. Mm. And he kind. Of, I wonder if Minoru Suzuki is getting close to retirement. Which, I don't even want to think about that. I I don't want to live <laughs> in that world either. But it it the idea of him going to Impact, the idea of him going to Ring of Honor, the idea of him going to uh, uh, CZW and uh, GCW and all these other uh, promotions. I want to see Minoru Suzuki at PWG again. There's just so much good shit to see from Minoru Suzuki, and yeah, I would love to. I would love him to show up on a random episode of SmackDown and just beat the shit someone like Baron Corbin. I would. I would pay to see that. I would pay to see anyone like go over Baron Baron Corbin because, not because he's actually bad at his job, but all of his characters just have go away heat with me. Like every character he's ever done. And I just, the only thing that would get me to watch a Baron Corbin match is Minoru Suzuki ripping him limb from limb. Hmm. Interesting. That would be, that would be fun. So, uh, Baron Corbin blocked me on Twitter, by the way. <gasps> Congratulations. Oh, it was a couple of years ago. I, I, I specifically said that he was booked badly, not that he's bad at his job. And he blocked me for that. Oh, boy. I'm just like, you are thin-skinned. That's okay. sad. That's sad. Because yeah. he's not bad at his job. He's actually very good at his job. He's just, it's just, they book him shitty. And and Vince thinks that he's the kind of man that women like to look at. And I'm just like, 
What? <laughs> no. Um, the kind of the kind of man. Nakamura. Okay, wait. wait. Did you did you hear something? Did you hear something? <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, Keith Lee. I like to I, I like to look at Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a beautiful man. Um, I am. Uh, um, um, I like to look at Big E. I like that. I like to look oh, at Big Drew McIntyre. Oh, Big E is so cute. He is adorable. so adorable. He's so oh, just yeah, yeah. Just you know, and 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 to be to be told, I I like. I don't don't really mind looking at Roman Reigns either because he's a very beautiful man. Oh, he's a very my man. goodness. I'm wow. basic. What the fuck do you want out you of me? You are you are way more basic than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> I like looking at the Usos. What is happening right now? Can't help it. I I don't this what? <laughs> So, it's all right. It's all right. You know what they say. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're right. You, you're right with the with the first mention because it was my first thought of when I saw Shinsuke walk out at uh, Takeover Dallas. I'm like, damn, that's a very <laughs> beautiful man. <laughs> he he is. He really is. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, those were my those were my two pieces of news. I had one other thing aside from the thing we mentioned we were going to talk about last week, but I'm going to pull. I have to pull it up. So if you want to talk about uh, the 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 second thing that you had, yeah. So this is another Tony Khan piece, and this really stands out to me because Tony Khan is such a like wonderful presence to fans. And he's created this open, amazing, uh, fair work environment for wrestlers and employs all these independent wrestlers, has all these great labor practices and is like really investing his wealth, which I really love. And he has such a warm, like bubbly presence on a lot of his appearances. Like uh, if you watch his episode of, of a Shot of Brandy or if you see him on some of the media scrums that he's done. But recently, what's interesting is that he has gotten more aggressive on Twitter and in some of his media appearances in terms of calling out other, let me say, wrestling environments or sports entertainment, as they would like to be known as, um, that don't work for the fans or wrestlers. And this is this has included, you know, calling out and challenging WWE in terms of ratings and in terms of the quality of the shows uh, that he puts on. And then also uh, today, which is October 15th, he, and actually maybe this quote might be, from slightly before today, but he tweeted on October 15th, I've never met Ted Turner. It's very possible Ted Turner is smarter than me, but he didn't know 1% of what I know about professional wrestling or WCW would still be on TNT. AEW is here to stay. And I really appreciate that he has gotten more aggressive in terms of 
you know, defending his company. And I honestly think it's a smart marketing move because he is going after other power bases that are equivalent to him, i.e. other billionaires, and he's not using his power in a way that is hurtful. Like, he's actually appropriately standing up to other companies and franchises. And so I'm all for it. I'm all for Spicy Tony Khan. (laughs) I'm all for Spicy Tony Khan, and I just hope that, you know, in 10 years' time, when someone hopefully is no longer running the largest promotion in the world, which just because of how much money they're pulling in from TV deals and evil foreign governments, they might still be. That will suck. (laughs) Um, But I'm hoping, I'm hoping sooner rather than later, somebody else will be running that promotion and Tony Khan won't need to be as spicy. Yeah. That would be amazing. You know, what's better than spicy Tony Khan. What? Spicy Lance Storm. <gasps> Tell me more. So, uh, Clarissa Quote Shields, who apparently is some MMA fighter, she's a verified person on Twitter, is one of many assholes who is deciding to be very mad that, that the current Superman of Earth, John Kent, the son of Lois Lane and Clark Kent, is bi. Oh... <sighs> And she was apparently going off on this on Twitter a couple of days ago. And she's and this is what Lance responded to. I'm nowhere near homophobic. I just think that cartoon characters should should uh, uh, should uh, that I just don't think that cartoon characters should be bisexual or gay. Leave the kids alone. Don't push don't push a agenda on children. That's confusing kids. If a teenager or adult decides to be bi or gay, congrats to them. I have no problem with that. Lance's quote retweet on this bullshit is so are you also against taking your kids to church dressing daughters in pink uh, uh, buying boys trucks and girls dolls are you against all agendas or just the ones you don't like oh dang (laughs) yep wow well good for him i i love landstorm i have always thought landstorm was like one of the best things in the early 2000s his matches are so fucking good and everything he does just in wrestling always like makes me just want to watch and then he decides to just be the spicy on twitter with these people and this goes back to um i really liked when dustin rhodes uh was taking uh val venus to task for his transphobia and you know just the various there's queer people running this podcast, okay? We're going to talk about this shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's been an increase in representation and also people using the platforms they have to, mm-hmm. stand, to stand up for others and to stand up for themselves. Um, and I love it. I, I think it's part of cultural change that has been happening uh, for a long time. For a long time, it was more on the fringes and underground and the more mainstream and and uh out there it is the better because it's extremely extremely important you know i mean we're talking about children youth and adults whose lives are at stake 
when they are rejected, unwanted, criticized, legislated against. I mean, you know, and it may be people may think, oh, this is just one tweet, but I, you know, if you have a platform and you have a blue check mark on Twitter, and even if you don't have a blue check mark on Twitter, I mean, please, like, this is vital that the I, more pe- the more people that speak out, the better. So you're saying I should definitely call out conservative homophobes who publish articles and then go on Fox News and defend them, even though 300 people come after me for it? <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> Too late. Already did it. I know. I I I kind of missed that because I was I had I had so many things happening at work today. I am glad saw the tail end. I am glad all my friends missed it because I didn't want you to catch any of what I was getting. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, don't be, because all I did was block everyone instantly. I and and oh. the, and and people are just like, "There's no way you planned this." I'm like the fuck are you talking about if i if i put out my plan that i was going to do this before it happened it wouldn't have worked as well right dumbasses look at my look at my early twitter timeline and the trolling that i've done and the the, the trolling that i have learned from the master troll our friend ryan oh wow yeah i'm just like <laughs> you can well. think what you want bitches but I triggered y'all. <laughs> I did. I oh. triggered y'all. I triggered y'all snowflakes, and it was fun. And I'm there's... gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much projection on the other side. It's just so sad. Yeah, it's. Well, you know they're 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 all in the closet. <laughs> all of them honestly i hope they aren't because man i mean yes i don't i don't hope they are either but at the same time i know saying that pisses them off yeah well you have to wonder i mean people have unresolved stuff (laughs) as as i've said as i've said before you know there are there are four lessons i learned from being punk rock all my life and that is speak truth to power question authority do it yourself and fuck you as a complete sentence <laughs> mm. oh yeah and, so maybe they're missing out on the do it yourself part <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're missing out on a lot of stuff yeah all right let's 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 cover the piece of news that we let slip through the cracks last week um a, a a formerly defunct promotion is back with a lot of fanfare. Yeah. And not a little bit of controversy. In fact, a decent sized piece of controversy. So Women of Wrestling is back. Jeannie Buss, who is the uh president uh of, of the LA Lakers and has has secured a, a TV deal. Uh, possibly an online TV deal with Viacom to bring back Women of Wrestling. The WOW promotion is coming back. Now, a lot of people really glommed onto this, and there's a lot of really good stuff coming out of it. First of all, AJ Menendez, the former AJ Lee, uh, um, uh, the she's married to CM Punk. I was trying to find the best diplomatic way to say that without without diminishing her status. 
uh, is going to be one of the backstage people. People are asking her if she is going to wrestle. It is unlikely that she's ever going to wrestle again because of injuries she's just she's sustained while working in the early in early 2010s. So, I know that I want to see AJ wrestle again. I know that I know that other people want to see. And I said AJ Menendez, it's April Menendez. My apologies. Um, but she was at the press conference. She's going to be working backstage, and I think she's got a great wrestling mind. I think she's fantastic. And I think that this is really great. Where the controversy comes in is that their biggest named signee is Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, what's going on with that? Well, to run down the history of Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard made this kind of pro-women pro supporting each other tweet um, back in, I think it was 2019, when she was doing her program in Impact Wrestling with Sammy Callahan, which was a really good program and really good series of, in, of intergender wrestling. And that brought out a lot of her colleagues talking about the way in which Tessa did not actually support the other women in the, uh, in, in the sport. And uh, one of the most uh, virulent uh, voices was Chelsea Green, who talked, who has talked a lot about the ways in which Tessa has politicked and played cards and and really hurt other women in promotions that she's worked with. And there was another woman, and I'm, and I'm trying to remember um, her name, but there, but. Uh, women of wrestling wanted to bring her in because she was one of the people accusing Tessa of outright racism. Yeah, that is the part that I I did not hear about the lack of support, but I heard about the the racism part was Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's here's the here's the thing. Tessa has denied everything, has refused to apologize to anyone for anything. And when she won the Impact Championship off of Sammy Callahan, she gave this really kind of tone-deaf speech in the ring. You can go find it on YouTube where she's like, just people will people will come for you when you're doing well, blah, 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 all that stuff. And Tessa, I'm sorry, but people have receipts. And I really think you're something special in the ring, but stop being Hulk Hogan. Stop acting like everyone's out to get you. If, these, if this many people have a problem with you, you have done something. I speak from experience. Uh, so it might be a really good idea, Tessa, if you, you actually addressed this. And I'm happy Women of Wrestling is launching. I'm happy April Menendez is going to be working in wrestling again. I'm happy this is being launched by a woman who has decided that she wants to bring back an all-women's promotion that's that's had quite a history and is really worth bringing back. And it's really great opportunities. And it's going to be some kind of a TV deal because she's talking with the Viacom CEO. So there's something good going on here. But I'm reminded of the Casino Battle Royal uh, at All Out 
where a couple of fans started chanting in that casino battle royal, we want Tessa. And the overwhelming majority of the fans in the audience chanted back, no, we don't. Yeah. I don't know how I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this, if Tessa is going to be the face of what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, if, I don't know, I'm trying to catch up on what, actually happened but you know the the allegation against her is that it happened in the con in a professional context that she was abusive and bullying towards a performer of color and called her a racist slur and you know she should not be wrestling if professionally if if that's true and i don't yeah yep and it's definitely a thing that i just really kind of feel no 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 and to make matters worse after she won the impact championship and when the pandemic started, she, like a lot of other people, didn't want to work for all the good reasons in the world. But she was supposed to be cutting promos and sending them in. Yeah. And didn't do it. She completely ducked her responsibilities as the first uh, as the first female top champion in Impact. And eventually leading to uh, Impact stripping her of the title because... You know her her con- her contract was was terminated a week early, and she just didn't want to do the work that they were asking her to do, even though she even though it was just work from home. Hey, film yourself cutting a promo. Sorry, but that's reasonable, and you should have. So, meh. I don't know. It, it's yeah. gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard for me to get behind women of wrestling with Tessa Blanchard in the promotion and. I'm glad no one else has signed her. I I didn't want her to show up in AEW. I didn't want her to show up in WWE because I really, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you know, honestly, like I could overlook um, what happened with impact and the pandemic and not, you know, I mean, people can, people go through things and, they you know they can change and and return to a more professional uh working uh ethic that was really awkward i didn't really know how to say Mm -hmm. that and you know it was the pandemic so who knows i can even overlook being less than supportive of, of of other women because you know at her age and in that environment she might be experiencing a lot of internalized misogyny. She might just need to do some growing up. But those things apply to those kind of situations. To me, they do not apply to racism. And nope. that that is the, you know, absolute bottom line for me. That, you know, I think people can, you know, rehabilitate their image from a lot of things. But if you do something like that, 
that's a longer term issue. You don't just rehab that and reach and right away and, and return to the limelight. And also when you're denying it, despite the fact that multiple people are saying you did this. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, and again, like I'm not really familiar with the situation. So to me, it sounds pretty cut and dry that she should not be, be in a, in a promotion. So, yeah. And I, I, it, for me, it's going to, it's, I'm happy for an all women's promotion to be back and we'll talk about why in a moment, but at the same time, not Tessa. Yeah. As good as she is. And she is very good in the ring. I don't want to see her wrestle again until she's owned up to what she's done. Period. Yeah. That's all I've got. All right, let's go on. We've got two bits for this week. Uh, we're going to introduce a new bit where uh, covering smaller federations. That's not the name of it. That's what we're going to go with for now. Emily, did you have a? Oh, wait, actually, I had I had a, had a better name for it in in the thing. Um, let me find it. Emily's indie wrestling report. Sorry, Emily's in, in Emily's indie wrestling rapport. Oh wow, it's so fancy. You're, it's fancy. It's fancy <laughs> like the Colbert rapport. It's the rapport with Emily. Yeah, so I just want to spotlight some promotions that are out there that they might be on your radar, they might not be, but they should be on your radar, right? And so I want to start out with, for this episode, Mission Pro Wrestling. And Mission Pro Wrestling is an all-female professional wrestling company, so speaking of uh, women's wrestling and it's owned by Thunder Rosa with uh, Robin Reed as the head of creative and so this is a really exciting wrestling promotion that has been around for the last two years and I have really enjoyed watching them grow and the different wrestlers that they bring into the company uh, they're based out of Central Texas and at the height of the pandemic, they were having smaller scale outdoors uh, shows with a lot of safety precautions. And you, those shows were available as pay-per-views on Title Match Network, and they can still be purchased from the Mission Pro Wrestling website. But one of the things that drew me to this, besides being uh, Thunder Rosa's involvement, because I love her and respect her greatly, well, hold on a second. Let's let's give you your proper title, Thunder Rosa's biggest stan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <clears throat> but true. <laughs> well, I love her. <laughs> I'm standing. I'm... I'm standing here right with you because I think she's amazing. <laughs> I'll, and I'll, I... I'll add something to this at the end. But continue, please. Okay, sure. Yeah, I just I just appreciate what an amazing hard worker she is and how much she tries to or no she doesn't try to she consistently uh brings out the best in whomever she's wrestling and just really lifts up uh, other women which i absolutely love so the really cool thing about mission pro wrestling is that it was emerging uh at the time or 
in in the same sort of zeitgeist as the speaking out movement and so mission pro and is something thunder rosa <clears throat> sorry i don't know what's going on with my voice i'm just getting a little rough um thunder rosa has talked about you know the need for safety for women in wrestling the ways that they women can be preyed upon by promoters and companies and so mission pro is supposed to be a safer and and more equitable space for women and it just really emerged at a really good time and you know is out there trying to provide representation and opportunities not only in the ring and then you know in terms of wrestling and in terms of referees but also in the announcing team in the management and other backstage elements so I really love that. I really love that. And that's where the mission, you know, Thunder Rosa talks about that's where the mission uh, name comes from, that they're on this mission to promote uh, women's wrestling and to show it in the best possible light. So another thing that I think really stands out about Mission Pro is that they include wrestlers from a number of different companies including AEW so if you really enjoy seeing you know some of your familiar favorites and then some newer names that you might not be familiar with you get to see that collaboration happening in the ring and that's really really cool um and then out of that you know the the wrestlers get a place where they can be scouted and uh grow in their skills in a really good positive safe environment so i just want to spotlight mission pro wrestling and you can go to uh their twitter is mission pro res which is uh mission pro w-r-e-s you can find them on facebook and then their website is missionprowrestling.net, where you can get replays of their older shows. And their next show coming up is October 23rd, Don't Fear the Reaper. And you can mm-hmm. watch watch that on uh, Tidal Match Network at 7.30 p.m. Central, because that is broadcasting out of Texas. So 8.30 uh, Eastern. That is all fantastic. I also want to say that Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful has posted an article today about Thunder Rosa and Young Talents and Mission Pro Wrestling. You should definitely go over and watch that because Sean Ross Sapp is an amazing wrestling journalist who is a big supporter of women's wrestling and queer people in wrestling. Because Sean Ross Sapp is awesome. (laughs) Awesome. um, just, Just like more really good stuff. He's also put up some really great interview segments on youtube uh with himself and thunder rosa and those are definitely worth watching thunder rosa and interviews is fantastic uh in addition to everything else that she's she's great at which is just all the things yeah yeah so that was that was our that was the first of our of our bits if you like that please let us know we're going to do more indie wrestling reports and we're going to talk more about the various promotions that are out there because there's more to the world than just what's on tv Yes. But, <laughs> but let's talk about what's on TV and how bad it is. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So the King of the Ring tournament has been a thing for a while. In It has produced some classic matches and some classic moments, including the Austin 316 promo, which everyone can do by heart. Right? You can all do it by heart, right? <laughs> you should know that more than you know the Pledge of Allegiance, to be quite honest. One of them is better written. The other one's a slogan for selling flags. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> yep. Just just zinging that zinging that one right over the net, um, but there's never been a women's uh, equivalent, and I'm gonna just say the correct thing. Oh, Emily dropped out. She'll be back hopefully in a second. Ah, oh, you're back. Sorry, <laughs> I don't so, know what happened. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give WWE the, the smallest amount of credit with this tournament that they didn't just call it queen of the ring they thought of a whole different name for it they tried and called it the queen's crown tournament and i actually like queen's crown tournament it's different than king of the ring it's doing the same thing it's a little bit creative i'm okay with it here's what i'm not okay with with the way this has gone Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm. Zelina Vega pins Tony Storm in two minutes and ten seconds. Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Liv Morgan is pinned by Carmella in a minute and forty seconds. Dewdrop versus Natalia. Dewdrop is Dewdrop pins Natalia in three minutes. The only match oh. I'm okay with that's happened already is Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke with a pin in a minute and twenty-five. Because Shayna Baszler should squash Dana Brooke, a hundred percent, a hundred million percent. Shayna Baszler should squash should squash Dana Brooke. But two of these matches have the wrong outcome, and all three of these matches that are, that I have a problem with are all too short. We are back to divas length matches. The only thing that's fucking missing WWE is bra and panties matches. And don't fucking bring that oh, shit back, you motherfuckers. Don't give them any ideas. So I am going to rebook the Queen's Crown Tournament. I'm going to rebook it from beginning to end. And the first thing I'm going to do is say that the finals will not happen on October 22nd at Crown Jewel. I don't care where the finals happen, but they're not fucking happening at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Okay? Enough of that shit. No more. Yeah, no way. So the first, my first booking decision is that's out. My second booking decision is Natalia is out. Why is Natalia out? Not because she shouldn't be in something like this, but because this tournament should be about spotlighting the newer talent, and Natalia has been there for over a decade. So no Natalia, no Tamina. Let's get, let's get eight newer women who really haven't had a chance to shine. And I'm sorry, Dana Brooke, you're still getting squashed, but it's going to be a better squash on you because Shayna's going to heal it up. And so everything about this was wrong. So they brought Tony Storm up to SmackDown with some great fanfare. She hasn't, won a, she hasn't won a match. So what was the point of bringing up one of the best women's wrestlers in the world to your main roster only to have her lose? Zelina Vegan came back after her Twitch debacle, she wasn't winning the match until this one. 
So everyone here has been booked badly and everyone here has been booked incorrectly because no one has come out of any of these matches looking good except for Shayna Baszler, who is probably who WWE is going to have win. Because there's no way either Carmella or Zelina Vega beats Shayna Baszler to drop in the finals. It's just not happening. So it's probably going to be Shayna Baszler uh, uh, choking out either Zelina or Carmella. And I don't care because it's already a foregone conclusion. So I've decided to completely rebook this match. Uh, rebook the whole thing. So let's start with my replacement for Natalia. And we're going we're gonna to slightly change up who fights who. I am going to do the same thing WWE is doing and have eight wrestlers. The difference is they're going to be eight wrestlers who are going to get time to have a match. And so imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> now they're not going to they're not going to be 20 minute classics because this is a this is a mid card event, okay? 8 to 10 minutes is fine. Yeah. That's what that's it should fair. be. That's what it should be. This is a mid card. The the 20 minute matches should be going to Becky and Sasha and Charlotte and Rhea Ripley and 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 Bianca Belair who are your who are your who are your champions and your people who are contending at the top. So match number one is going to be Carmella versus Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox was supposed to win the second May Young Classic. A freak accident caused her to blow her knee out again, and she had to withdraw from the tournament, which is how we ended up with Tony Storm winning the second May Young Classic and Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. I'm not going to complain because that was awesome. But Tegan Knox really should be really should be in this tournament, and she should be getting featured because she's one of the best female wrestlers in the world. Carmella needs to go back to the Carmella she was a year ago, where she had morphed into this kind of uh, technical brawler because she is tall, she is lanky. Tegan is is very is is very technical. She's shorter. She's got some reach. This could be a very good match. And they and they both have interesting finishers. Carmelo's kind of silence has been perfect at times, and Tegan Knox is the girl with the shiniest wizard. This match goes the full 10 minutes. And Carmella locks in the cone of silence on Tegan Knox in the in in in, in about minute 9. But Knox is able to get her hand out to the side just to put fingertips on the rope, forcing a break. As Carmella starts yelling at the ref and starts and starts making the case that Knox tapped, Knox recovers, gets up, knocks Carmella down, and comes back and hits her with the shiniest wizard. One, two, three. Carmella looks strong, and Knox goes over as a babyface. First victory. Second match, Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler. Dana Brooke has floundered on WWE main roster because she's been used poorly. She also was called up too early. She hasn't learned how to properly work. She has the look. She has the athletic ability. She should be, she should have been in developmental longer so she could have developed. And it's not her fault. But they've been making a big deal about Dana Brooks been on the main roster for six years and hasn't done anything. Okay, so she's in this tournament against Shayna Baszler, one of the most dangerous women on the planet, Queen of Spades. 
Brooke takes a little too long getting ready when the bell rings, and Baszler just runs her over and directly into the uh, the corner. Brooke hits the turnbuckles hard. Baszler steps aside. Dana Brooke just staggers backwards. The wind completely knocked on out of her, and she falls to the ground. She was completely surprised. She was taken unaware. She wasn't ready. Now here's where you highlight Shayna Baszler's MMA background. Baszler gets on top of Dana Brooke and starts wailing away at her. The ground and pound that you do in an MMA. Brooke manages to roll over onto her onto her stomach and starts protecting her head. But Baszler drops down even further, locks in the cure for the clutch, rolls over, and Dana Brooke taps out in under a minute. This does not make Dana Brooke look weak because Shayna Baszler, frankly, used underhanded tactics after the bell rang, took advantage of it, taps her out in under a minute. Brooke never had a chance. And then you can tell a whole story about Brooke trying to get back on her feet as Baszler goes on in the tournament. Dewdrop versus Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega is one of the smallest female wrestlers. Dewdrop is one of the biggest female wrestlers. How will they coexist? Well, it would be too easy for Dewdrop, Dewdrop to squash Zelina Vega. So first of all, Dewdrop won't be in this. It'll be Piper Niven. <laughs> having, ditched, having ditched Eva Marie, Piper Niven reclaims her name and says, Hi, I'm Piper Niven. I'm a Scottish wrestler, and I'm going to be the last Queen of Scotland. Zelina Vega gets a good seven minutes out of Piper. She fights as hard as she can, but she's, she's trying to heal it up. She tries to take out her legs. Every time she goes for her legs, Piper just takes a step back and brings that big arm down on the back of Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega starts to turn face in this. Piper starts to get a very sick glee over her face, enjoying beating up Zelina Vega. Vega keeps getting back up. Piper keeps on just... Piper never, never hits the ground. Zelina never takes her down. And what you do is you end up doing a double turn. Piper Niven turns into a monster. The monster she should be. And she decides to just absolutely wail on Zelina Vega until the ref stops the match and declares Piper Niven the winner. Seven minute oh my ref gosh. Zelina I've... Vega. <laughs> Zelina Vega flips completely because she is a she is a good wrestler and a great manager. She flips completely from, from heel to face. Piper Niven is now the most vicious heel in WWE. Sorry, this show is you. no, no. I interrupted you. This show is so incredible. I'm just, I can see all of this in my head. I'm so mm. enjoying this. Please continue. Awesome. <laughs> Next, we have the one babyface versus babyface match that I'm going to book. So, Liv Morgan has been one of the most underutilized wrestlers in WWE for a very long time. When she was on NXT, I was very taken with how good her freestyle mat game was. It was very clear that she had borrowed a lot of stuff out of freestyle wrestling 
and she was she's very technically sound she's never really been given anything and perhaps the greatest tragedy of this tournament was that Liv Morgan lost in under two minutes to Carmella which shouldn't have been how you booked that also Tony Storm lost so one of them's gonna lose here but it's gonna be much better because Liv is going to try and outwork Tony Storm. She's going to go back to all of her technical wrestling roots. She's going to try and work over Tony Storm's leg because Tony Storm is a big girl on the bottom. She's got massive thighs, and that's what gives her all of her power to be able to lift people and throw them around. So, if you ever seen Tony Storm, she's good. she's 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 built. She's stacked. And so Liv decides I can't go power for power if I go head on with Tony Storm. I'm going to lose. But I just watched Zelina Vega try to do this to Piper Niven and fail. So how am I going to do this? Well, I'm not going to go for knee blocks. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go for the ankle. And so Liv keeps on going, picking t- picking uh, Tony's ankle every chance she gets. And Liv breaks out something that she's never used before. Liv starts applying the ankle lock. Tony Storm's uses her powerful legs to take the much smaller Liv Morgan and throw her around the ring with it, but Liv doesn't give up. She continues to try and work over Tony's ankle so that Tony can't get her up for Storm Zero. And this match goes the full 10 minutes, really putting Liv over. As, as, as every, t- every time Tony gets a hold of her, she puts her in her place. Liv gets up, goes for the ankle again, refuses to give up on her strategy. She locks in the ankle lock three times. The last time, Tony is so close to tapping, but she pulls her leg forward. Liv comes with it, and Liv flies out of the ring. When Liv gets back in the ring, Tony's had enough. She's hobbling a little bit. She scoops Liv Morgan up, hits the Storm Zero. One, two, three. Ten-minute match. Both women go over. Both women remain faces. So that sets up Tegan Knox versus Shayna Baszler and Piper Niven versus Tony Storm. This is going to be great. Tegan Knox is the perfect baby face to face Shayna Baszler. She's fearless. She's amazing in the ring. And she's not likely to tap out. But again, Shayna Baszler is a bad ass. And Knox is going to have to, is, is going to be in for the fight of her life. Knox tries to go toe to toe with Baszler. This is a mistake. Baszler strikes the shit out of Knox, comes back off of, of the ropes, and pops up with a step up knee strike that is, frankly, the best in the business. If you if you didn't see the the step up knee strike, Shayna Baszler did on Bianca Belair in the in the Fatal 4-Way at a takeover, uh, you need to go back and find that clip because it's the best knee strike I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a simple, easy move. Knox goes down, rolls out of the ring. Baszler just stands in the ring, taunting her as the ref counts. At the count of five, Baszler goes out and, and continues to just taunt. She's starting to just be be overconfident. Baszler rolls back in to break up the count, rolls back out to continue to taunt. She's taken too long, though, and Tegan Knox slowly gets up, 
and pushes Baszler into the steel steps. Now Tegan Knox rolls into the ring to break the count. Tegan gets out and starts to put Baszler back in the ring. She gets her back in the ring and starts working over uh, uh, Baszler's, le- Baszler's legs, trying to take her out, trying to keep her down, doing whatever she can. Baszler gets back up and starts to go in for a hold on Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox gets her hand around Baszler's neck, and Lady Kane goes for the choke slam. Baszler grabs Knox's wrist, pulls it off, and bends it in ways it's not supposed to bend. Turns her around, locks in the cure for the clutch. Knox taps. Shayna Baszler is going to the finals of the Queen's Crown Tournament. Now we have the second semifinal match with Piper Niven versus Tony Storm. This is a rematch of their 2017 May Young Classic match. It's also a rematch of several matches they had all over the world because these two have fought each other all over the fucking world. Only difference is Piper Niven is just looking to brutalize. And Piper Niven goes into this goes into this match looking to rip Tony Storm to pieces. She does a promo before because if you've never heard Piper Niven cut a promo, she can cut a fucking promo. And she goes on. She goes on. It's like Tony, we've fought each other all over the world. You used to have my respect, but since you've been here on the main roster, you have done shit. I got stuck in the stupid gimmick with a with a fucking non wrestler who can't fucking wrestle. It's my it's my world. Uh, so Piper Niven gets to say fucking. <laughs> Plus she's Scottish, so it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and now I've shed that stupid gimmick. I've shed that stupid non wrestler, and I am going to crush you. Behind Piper Niven is Eva Maria who just looks sad because Niven has beaten the shit out of Eva Marie before this. She, she the, the way they broke up uh, Piper Niven has just, has just literally brutalized Eva Marie on the main roster and matches a couple <laughs> of really good squash matches. They're, they're fantastic. Eva Marie gets what's coming to her for being a, a cocky heel. And now Piper Niven is a monster heel comes out to face Tony Storm. Tony Storm is a babyface. She's hot after that match with Liv Morgan where she and Liv put on a great show. The crowd is very into Tony Storm. The match starts. Tony Storm tries to go in power for power because she does have the power to match up with Piper Niven. Niven is having none of it and uses her considerable size to just flatten Tony Storm and then flatten her again and then flatten her again. And you think it's going to be a ref stoppage again, only faster. And then even Marie's music hits. And she comes out to the ring. And Piper Niven is just like, You want more? You want more of this? But that gives Tony Storm. A moment and it's all she needs tony storm re-ups gets up and starts 
fighting and taking her power game to Piper Niven. They go again the full 10 minutes because these two women can go the full 10 minutes. Tony Storm tries to go for Storm Zero three times, and the first two times it fails. The beginning of the match where Dewdrop just beat the holy hell out of her has left her very battered. Her 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 makeup is smeared, the little patch she does under her eye is has been smeared down across her cheek so she's got black makeup coming down across her cheek her lipstick has been piper piper pie faces her and just rubs her lipstick everywhere so tony storm looks like a fucking mess she looks like she's she should lose this match and both times that she gets up piper niven for the storm zero piper niven powers out eventually Eva Marie makes her way down to the ring and stands on the ring apron and starts taunting Piper Niven. You're nothing. You're, you're nothing. I made you everything that you are. Now you're, you're this heel because I, I molded you. I did this. Piper Niven, having none of this, comes over, clocks Eva Marie. She falls from the apron on the floor and is gone. We don't see Eva Marie again for three months. Thank you. I've done you all a favor. <laughs> We've now finished Eva Marie in WWE. She can go off and, and become a, and become a manager, which she would actually be good at because she needs to stop trying to wrestle. Tony Storm takes this opportunity, comes over, and starts wailing on the back of Piper Niven and starts wailing on on the back of her neck and starts wailing on the back of her legs pulls her out gets her up for storm zero one more time this time piper's too beaten up to get it out of it gets down one two piper niven kicks out so three times piper niven is kicked out of storm zero she's just too powerful so what happens tony storm goes for storm zero one more time and this time, one, two, three, Tony Storm goes over a very villainous dewdrop. But it ain't over because dewdrop is pissed. Sorry, Piper Niven is pissed. I've got dewdrop written on my screen. It's messing me up. Piper Niven beats the holy hell out of Tony Storm for beating her. And as next week, it's Baszler versus still beating up Tony Storm. Baszler was tested. A little bit by Tegan Knox, but not enough. And Tony Storm is a mess. Now, <clears throat> these two women can have again a great ten-minute match. Tony Storm is going to break out of the Kirafuda clutch twice, and she's going to hit Storm Zero on Shayna Baszler to win and be a face winner of a king of the ring slash queen's crown tournament and that is how this is going to work so that's my booking tony storm ends up winning over Shayna baszler in the finals Shayna baszler is once again runner up of a tournament and not the winner of a tournament which use is then used to put her in a program against whoever the the uh the, the champion of her brand is going to be because Shayna Baszler should be in that top card. Tony Storm is going to be the head of the mid card 
until there's room for her at the top of the card, probably in about another year. But she's going to rule as the queen for a little while. Charlotte's going to lose her title. Good. She doesn't need it. She doesn't need it to be over. And she's going to feud queen versus queen with Tony Storm for a little while. See, WWE, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. You could have made this very good. And I only changed one person. I traded out Natalia for Tegan Knox, And not that Natalia wouldn't be great. Because she would be. Because she is. So, yeah. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I was just sitting there, like, <laughs> freaking out. Because that was really good. <laughs> Now, yes. To, to be fair, Denise Salcedo uh, posted a rebooking of this on Twitter today and on, on her YouTube channel. I have not watched it. I intended to watch it. I didn't get to because I was working all day. And again, we're doing this with no notes. And I just have my 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 notes for this are literally Carmelo versus Tegan Knox, Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler, Dewdrop versus Selena Vega, Liv Morgan versus Tony Storm. That's my notes. Everything else was off the top of my head. I kind of went back and forth as I was doing this to whether Tony wins or whether Shayna wins, but I knew it had to be one of them. But I think that if Tony wins and Shayna is mad about coming in second twice in a tournament, that really puts her in a place where she can go feud uh, with either Becky or Bianca Belair, and Tony Storm can have a queen versus queen match against Charlotte. And everyone comes out of this better. I even threw Eva Maria Bone because she can come back in three months as something useful. She can't wrestle. Yeah. And well, she. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, Eva Marie has worked very hard at becoming a wrestler. If you watch Total Divas and you watch the amount of work she was doing with, with Brian Kendrick and trying really hard to get good, it just hasn't translated in ring. I don't fault her for trying to get good. But when you have a roster this deep with this much good talent that is actually more capable in the ring than she is, she shouldn't be in the ring. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, and I think just what you've done with these matches just shows why someone who knows wrestling and cares about wrestling and loves wrestling should be the one booking shows and yeah <laughs> yeah it's just i mean that was really good yep and i think that dana brooke could go back to nxt and and get the seasoning she needs because she has all the tools she's just never had a chance to put them together yeah da you know dana brooke is is someone who I think is probably really good, but hasn't had the chance to really show it and hasn't been built up. And as someone, you know, who she really tragically lost her fiance um, early in, I think it was soon after it was either right when she went to the main roster or soon after and it seemed like that and then a lot of comments that she was getting from people really hurt the trajectory of her career and her confidence. And she's someone who I think just needs uh, 
somebody to really build her up and mm-hmm. uh you know uh because she is she's worked really hard and she has a lot of great skills so and she's capable she just yeah i think she, i think she needs to return to nxt and really just get a chance to refine who she is before she comes back it's the same thing that happened with her former running mate uh emma who when she was brought up to the main roster the first time was kind of a mess in a comedy thing with uh santino which to be fair was actually entertaining because emma could do that but when she went back down to nxt she turned into this submission uh uh vicious heel and it was great and they couldn't keep that up when she was on the main roster they wanted to turn her into the emmalina character which was the dumbest fucking thing Mm -hmm. yeah and really that you know that's the problem in general with wwe and how they treat uh women wrestlers and how they treat the wrestler you know you know regardless of gender how they treat the wrestlers unless you're really really on top um and you know uh trying to think about her what is oh this is terrible i can't think of well the one that pisses me off the most right now while you're thinking about it is the way they with their packaging carmela's character she's the most beautiful woman in wwe okay i don't really care about her beauty and yeah she is beautiful but you know what she is she's a fucking wrestler and she's a fucking good one too, and she's one of the, she's one of the few people who's really got a brawling style that's entertaining to watch. Let her brawl, let her be a brawler. She had some really great matches with Sasha Banks after Sasha Banks won the uh, SmackDown Championship. Let her brawl. Don't have her be a snobby, uh, uh, whatever Staten Island princess bullshit. Just let her be a tough girl from New York. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, WWE just does not Well, I should say the, the people in control of WWE, just like they Vince (laughs) and his ilk, you know, they just cannot let women who wrestle just be themselves and wrestle. And, you know, they have this imaginary projection of like what they think uh, fans want based on what they want that just is completely mm-hmm. an inaccurate and sexist and and terrible. And uh, yeah, so and and what I was what I was going to say before about um, Tennille Dashwood, um, Emma, is that while. I believe while she was wrestling for WWE, she was also having a really bad flare-up of uh, psoriasis, which she has struggled with her whole life and actually can cause uh, chronic pain. And, you know, psoriasis can be related to arthritis and cause a lot of joint pain. And it was causing her a lot of problems uh, where she was just wrestling in constant pain. And similar to so so my point was was i think if you are not like a roman reigns and you go through a struggle in your personal life i don't think that as a company you know wwe always seems to be 
understanding or be there for the people that work for them. And, you know, they're people, they have wives, they have terrible things that happen to them outside of wrestling. And it's hard to work through that and, you know, maintain your character. And then also at the same time, have to doubly deal with misogyny and bad booking and everything else that WWE does to, you know, women who are wrestlers. So, and yet at the same time, they've demonstrated in this year that they can actually put on a good women's match because Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania and main evented one of the nights. Yeah. And it was an amazing match. So they can do it. They just don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're just really inconsistent. Yep. So, so. Zero, fuck, zero fucks given. Uh, main roster WWE, clearly for this tournament. And there was someone who was actually... who uh, Denise Salcedo was one of the people who was, who was really busy pointing out how short these matches were. And someone's like, well, why are you pointing it out? It's the wrong thing to be mad at, guy. The thing to be mad at is how short these matches were. Yeah. And, in, in, unless you're doing an intentional squash for a reason, wrestling matches on TV should go at least five minutes. Unless you're doing a squash for a reason, there's a story. You should give someone at least five minutes so they can work, they can get some, they can get some stuff in, and so everyone gets over, because everyone can get over. You don't have to do this dumb. But squashing two of your up-and-coming uh, uh, talents in, in Liv Morgan and Tony Storm in, in less than three minutes each, it's just fucking dumb. It's just dumb. All right. Those are our new segments where we're, uh, we're doing a booking and we're looking at uh, independent uh, wrestling and some news. And this is all we really have for episode eight, which ended up going a pretty decent amount of time. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> I think when we get together, that's just what happens. It's magic. Isn't it though? <laughs> um, so let's, let's, let's do our, our usual uh, outro stuff and just give me a second to pull up the stuff that we need for that. You can go ahead and follow us over on Twitter at Ann Emily pod. You can email the show. If you so choose, we still haven't gotten legitimate email yet at uh, a and e wrestling pod at gmail.com. It's fine if we don't get an email. We just have it there because we need it in order to uh, sign in uh, to our um, to our uh, hosts. I recently posted over on the Twitter that you can actually find us on, on our new pin tweet. We are on all the major podcast apps. We are now on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on a couple of minor podcast apps. So pretty much anywhere you want to get your podcasts, you can find this show. Um, and also, we have a brand new feature on our Twitter. And I'm still waiting for someone to start getting spicy. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so yeah, usually for the shows, I run the Twitters for all the shows in the network. Um, it's not that other people don't have access or can't have access. It's just I kind of do it, but Emily has decided to step up and there's going to be some spicy tweets happening over and we will actually be doing something different on this show than we do for all of our other shows. Um, we'll be signing our tweets. So Emily will be signing her, her, her tweets EM 
and I will be signing my tweets as AE, so you know which one of us is talking. But not only do we have the show Twitter, we have our Twitters. You can find Emily over at 8BitEmily. That's 8 the number, B-I-T-E-M-I-L-Y. Emily, what are you up to? Well, what I am up to is marking out over a different type of franchise, and that is news about the update coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons. So you might be seeing a lot of tweets about Animal Crossing. <laughs> awesome. You can find me over at Anne underscore Elise, where I spent the week uh, poking the bear of homophobes and really just not taking any people's shit off for it. Doing the Lord's work, let me tell you. I know. I know. When, when you call someone who cherry picks their beliefs based off of their, their based off of their political positions, someone who cherry picks their beliefs who, based off their political positions, they get mad at it. They love gaslighting and they hate the truth. Yep. So at some point in time, Emily and I will do a religion podcast because, oh, I got accused of a lot of shit. It was kind of funny to me. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh it, it's great stuff. it's great stuff the the the, the transphobia was was at a, was it a was a, uh, a a low boil uh they mm. were trying but i mean come on you really think i haven't heard these things before you really think you're saying something new to me you really think i'm <laughs> i'm a fucking middle-aged trans woman you can't hurt me with this shit do better you guys suck y'all suck all right um also we've got other shows on our network we still don't have the network website because someone's been too too busy to make it but we're going to be recording episode 72 of q for fun tomorrow night i kept on calling it episode 71 in the discord and we'll be hopefully hopefully recording episode three of anime sweater uh and you can find those shows at q for fun and at anime sweater pod both on Twitter. We'd like to have listeners over there if you're interested in Heroes of the Storm or if you're interested in Japanese anime. Um, and there'll be more coming there. We'll be back next Friday night, uh, our regular appointed time to sit down and talk about the Graps of Wrath. <laughs> That's right. That's actually someone, some pay-per-view. I think that, no, that was that was a progress pay-per-view, I remember. Wow. Graps of Wrath. So... Oh my gosh, does it end with, uh, no, never mind. I'm not going there. Go there. <laughs> I was going to say, does it end with one wrestler breastfeeding another, but you know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and, and, and if it is, I can only imagine it's, it's, it's Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Yeah, I'm picturing it's men in this situation. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So men, men can lactate. Mm-hmm. So that's good. On, on, on that, that, I'm gonna make that Emily's tagline. Uh, and we're gonna end. We're gonna end here, and and and, and say that without further ado, we'd like to bid you adieu. Good night. And good luck. Bang. And if Kenny Omega comes for us for that, we're sorry, Kenny. We're sorry. We love you. We love you.